Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Thomas Patrick Doria. Hello, Deacon Jeff. And Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. Yes, okay, so uh, <laughs> wonderful. I'm glad to have you here. It's amazing what a coincidence you're here at the same time I am, and we're going to record a radio show. Uh, and and uh, the Catholic Cafe is uh, sitting here talking about important things. Yes. Uh, as we sit here with our coffees and our donuts with sprinkles, extra heavy on the sprinkles, and, uh, and then we also have, uh, like, uh, kind of an interesting topic this week because uh, the gospel is one of, we've heard it many times uh, I, th- I think uh, and it's got there's a there's a, a phrase in there um, that you know because I what I love about Jesus there's lots of things I suppose I have to love about Jesus because I do but <laughs> but there's one particular thing I love when when uh, whenever people are trying to trap Jesus they give him an A and a B and he always gives them a C right I mean he's always like you thought you were going to hem me into this or that. Well, that's not the case here, right, buddy? He doesn't call him buddy though. Um, so, bucko, I think bucko, is. I think is what did. That's the <laughs> yes, the ancient Hebrew bucko. Um, and so, uh, we're reading from the Gospel according to Matthew, uh, the twenty-second chapter. The Pharisees went off and plotted how they might entrap Jesus in speech. They sent their disciples to him with the Herodians, saying. Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Always beware, by the way, this is not scripture, but always beware of people who come with all these compliments. (laughs) You know, know you're a truthful man. Yes. Anyway, and you are not concerned with anyone's opinion, for you do not regard a person's status. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Now, Interestingly, they would ask that question because there's probably people listening going, "Yeah, do we? Can we get out of paying taxes? Should we not pay the tax? Should we pay the tax?" Yeah, and there are probably people who are actually concerned about the tax. Now, these people aren't. You're saying people don't enjoy paying taxes? Uh, apparently, there's a few. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying the people asking the question here, all they're trying to do is get him in trouble, right. either with the Romans <laughs> or the Jews. Yeah. Either way, you're in trouble, right? And it's and bad things are going to happen. So we continue in Scripture, knowing their malice. See, there's Jesus again. Jesus said, Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that pays the census tax. Then they handed him the Roman coin. He said to them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. At that he said to them, This is C. (laughs) He said, Then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. So that's, and that's a powerful little statement there I'm, that doesn't tell us what happened but I'm sure he walked away whining <laughs> well it's, it's really timely too because our waitress at the Catholic Cafe her name is Caesar and she just dropped off the bill there you go <laughs> so should we pay Caesar or yeah, not yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to render into her Caesar because she's going to get mad if we don't <laughs> uh, and we're going to tip, tip her well too because you know it's a, you know it's a, it's a good thing to take care of our folk oh absolutely right at the Catholic Cafe but so so you know, let's let's try to unpack this because there's a lot going on here. So I guess we should forget about the politics of things, which we're in the middle of a political season, so it's going to be hard to figure Wait, politics. We are? Yes, people apparently. are having political conversations right now. Oh, but not, no, no conversations are being had. <laughs> there is no conversing. Going not on. in a luxurious corner, but <laughs> no, no. 
Um, you know, sprinkles or no sprinkles. That's <laughs> our. That's <laughs> the deep deepest. We get. <laughs> well, other than, uh, and that can get pretty scary. The conversations oh, yeah. that happen there. But I, I will just say that uh, let's forget all the politics there of why they're asking all these questions. But let's get to this. What this the meat of this thing? Uh, repay. So render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Render unto God what is God's. Right. First of all, what do you think Jesus meant by that? Well, a couple of things. And by the way, one thing I think should be highlighted here is Jesus has a sense of humor. You know, because at the end of the day, they presented, like you said, A and B. And I actually think it's pretty funny if you take take it that, like just at the face value of what he wrote there of what's on that currency you're referencing. That's right. Caesar. Oh, well, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give That's to right. God what is God's. You know, because ultimately he's not saying give all currency that has Caesar's name on it to Caesar. So I think that that's just sort of an invitation there for us to laugh a little bit that he's using that um, that that sort of rhetorical device that's right. uh, to get out of the AB the, 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 to get off the horns of the dilemma that they were trying to create, right? Of yeah. These two bad <laughs> bad options. Um, but for me, in the most basic sense, I read that as you know what? We as Christians, we have we have duties in our everyday life. Duties to God, to one another, and to ourselves, and that's just a part of the reality of life. An example of that is you, you got to pay taxes, for example. Um, but at the end of the day, there are certain things that belong to God that you cannot give over to other people, and you cannot give over to the government. And one shining example of that is your heart. You know, your heart belongs to God, and that stays. Uh, with, right. your, with your, God. your soul, your dignity, yes. who, who you are as, as created in the image and likeness of God belongs to God. Yes. I mean, you are God's, right? And I love, you remember, you know, who you are and whose you are. Right. Right. It's a phrase that, that a lot of the lovely sisters will say. You know, you'll hear that expression. It's a beautiful expression because it teaches us, helps us to understand that we are not our own in the sense that uh, it, we were created and, and our creation is a gift, yeah, right. And it comes from the Lord, and so then we repay to God what is God's, and that's and that's powerful. Now, you know, it, it's a simple statement, and I don't know was Jesus kicking the can down the road, right, <laughs> and not getting into do, to to specifics to say like, well, wait, do we pay the tax or not pay the tax? Well, if they said um, Jesus, the Romans just created the new "Burn Christians Alive" fund, and, uh, oh. and they're, they're they're trying to raise taxes for that. Um, would you? Well, I guess that would be like, whoa, but Christians, that's a little bit early. He has Jews. That's right. You know, that's but, right. But you know, at the end of the day, uh, if if they had come to him saying they're trying to raise taxes for this terrible, ungodly, right. horrendous fund, yeah, um, he, I'm sure, would have engaged it differently. He, he might have talked about how horrible it would be to kill people and how horrible, yes. you know, a, a life is precious and et cetera, et cetera. Um, no, I get that. Yeah, you're exactly right. And so I, I think, you know, we, we look at that sentence as powerful as it is. There's also, it's, there is interpretation necessary oh, yeah. for, for each of us because we have to decide what is Caesar's and we have to decide what is God's. Because someone could say, well, it's all God's. So don't give anything to Caesar. It's like, well, well, wait. But if you, if you are paying taxes to support uh, those who are helpless, those who need assistance, those who need financial help, 
if you're paying taxes to uh, to defend the country, if you're paying taxes to uh, build uh, you know safe roads and and bridges and things like that, if you're if you're paying taxes that essentially benefit the public good, yeah. Well, we're we are supposed to support that. Mm-hmm. One easy example for those days: if some um, marauding band uh, wanted to attack Jerusalem back then, they would have the protection of the Roman government. I'm not. This is not me saying it was a good thing that the Roman the Roman occupation of the Holy Land was a good thing. But I'm saying that's an example of something that, from the Romans' perspective, is you're right. paying for your protection. That's right. Well, because we're going to keep all the other bad guys away. Right. <laughs> I mean, we essentially you're almost enslaved. I mean, but you're you're hemmed in here, uh, but and you have no power outside of what we give you, right? But we we offer you fresh water and protection. <laughs> I mean, well, one beautiful thing I think is to connect this. There's another verse. I don't know uh, off the top of my head. I'd have to search for it. But um, they when the apostles are looking for the the. Uh, the money to pay the temple tax in another section, uh, Jesus, I believe, instructs them to, to go and grab a fish from the water, and the, the money is available in that fish's mouth, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. I remember that. And it's for the temple tax. And so I think uh, with that, if you reread those in concert with one another, you know, just because Caesar's name is on the coins, that doesn't make him the provider. Like, ultimately, God's the provider. God mm-hmm. still owns everything. And we still rely upon God's provision. Caesar's name stamped on it, which means that he has some exercise, some, some degree of, of dominion and authority over the system of exchange represented by that coinage, mm-hmm. right? And participation in that coinage re- requires, you know, taxation in part. But he's not the provider, so I think it's a key to read those two uh, passages in conjunction with one another. No, I agree with that uh, because because ultimately it leads us to try to figure out, and maybe what Jesus was helping all of us now who read this scripture two thousand years later to figure out. Well, what is Caesar's and what is God's, and really who is your God? Yeah, right. Who is, is your God? The government is your God. The coin, the money is your is your God. The the possessions, the things that the coin buys. Or is your God the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that God, the one that is revealed through the ages that he is the one true God, mm-hmm. right? And when we, when we understand that, because that, that dictates, um, I mean, essentially what we do and, and how we do it. So if, you, if you're a believer and you're faced with the opportunity in some kind of organized uh, uh, societal system that includes a government right that is taking care of the common good then it makes perfect sense as as a believer to put money towards that right and now where it gets hairy what we're going to talk about we're going to take a break but when we come back from the break what we're going to talk about is like well what happens if that government then also mm-hmm. as you kind of pointed out you know wants to burn people alive or whatever <laughs> well we have a government Factions of government that want essentially to support the the killing of the innocent of the unborn, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And so, so well, do we stop paying all taxes? So, it, it, and this we're going to wrestle with this just a little bit, and because it, it's not a simple, easy answer, right? And so, we're going to have to rely on Jesus a little bit here to try to figure out uh, uh, what what to do. So, we're going to talk more about that when we come back from a break. But before we take that break, I want to remind folks at home we got a great website thecatholiccafe.com also I'd love to hear from you send me an email tell me what's going on in your life help me know what you'd like us to talk about 
uh, on the next episode of the Catholic Cafe, send that email to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And like us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Like and share our posts and comment on them. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. And if you send me an email and suggest a new voice for Sam to use <laughs> in that segment, we will, we're all ears and we'll be happy to listen. <laughs> I do try to put on an extra radio voice-ish uh, voice for, doing for that, that section. <laughs> Thank you for doing it. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzezemski, and this is another great moment in church history. On October 7, 1571, the great naval battle of Lepanto was fought between the Ottoman Turks and an alliance of Catholic kingdoms assembled by Pope Pius V. This titanic sea battle, fought for the freedom of Christianity in Europe and the preservation of Western civilization, was entrusted to the patronage of our Blessed Mother through the intercession of Our Lady of Victory. The Ottoman Turks had been trying to dominate the Mediterranean Sea with their navy for many years. They slowly captured small Christian outposts and sold much of the population into slavery. The Ottoman armies were brutal and merciless. They sought to exterminate Christianity from all of Europe. After the Turks began the conquest of Cyprus, a small island in the Mediterranean Sea, all Christian Europe became alarmed. Pope Pius V recognized the threat from the Turkish forces and convinced the political rulers of the day to form an alliance that might defend the Christian people of Europe from the threat of the Ottoman Turks. Pius assembled the brave knights of Malta, the Kingdom of Spain, the Venetians, and several other Italian kingdoms into a naval force that was finally able to challenge Turkish naval dominance. The last knight of Christendom, Don Juan of Austria led the Christian forces. On the day of the great battle of Lepanto, the Pope implored all of Christian Europe to seek the intercession of Our Lady of Victory through praying the rosary. As the Christian ships met the Ottoman host on the turbulent seas, Pius V led a rosary procession through St. Peter's Square in Rome. The entire endeavor was given over to the care of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The Pope was given a vision, which assured him that the Christian forces had prevailed. There was a great foreboding that the Christian forces were going to fail against the superior Turkish fleet, but through the Pope's faith and the intercession of Our Lady of Victory, the Christian fleet miraculously carried the day and drove the enemy ships out of Christian waters. The Turkish losses were so great that they were never able to recoup their strength as a mighty naval power. Pius V commemorated the Christian victory at Lepanto through the Blessed Mother's intercession by establishing the Feast of Our Lady of Victory. Pope Paul VI changed the name of the feast to Our Lady of the Rosary. This feast day is celebrated on October the 7th. I'm Bess Drzezemski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff, as a matter of fact. Deacon Chip is right. I'm Deacon <laughs> Jeff. I haven't changed my name in that short break. Uh, but also I have uh, Tom Dorian and I have Ziggy Rodriguez here. Woo. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Celebratory. <laughs> 
and uh, and we are talking about um, rendering unto Caesar what is Caesar's and rendering unto God what is God's. Mm-hmm. And this difficult task, I say difficult, it sounds simple. We'll give to Caesar what is Caesar's gift to God is what is, what is God's. And I, I was I right right before uh, our break, I did bring up that kind of interesting situation. What happens when the government starts standing for things that are not godly, right? Right, that are bad things, right? So. Uh, Euthanasia, abortion, uh, uh, unjust war—the uh, things that can happen—that uh, that governments can aspire to and, and do. Not not all do, but a lot do. Mm-hmm. And so, then what happens? Do we keep giving money to that government? How how does all that stuff work? And it's not always a black and white answer. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you know we're we're in the middle of a, a, a fevered pitch of an election. Uh, and there's there you know and you, the, people will present everything as if it's like it's this or that and you have a choice this or that and it's never that simple and it's and in fact uh, it's difficult on all sides right and then plus you can make that more complex by the fact that there's not any civil discourse going on it's a lot of finger pointing and yelling it's a oh, I thought everyone's person. getting a, getting to get quite nicely. You know? Yeah, well, you, you, what's rare is is Sam the, World. Yeah, no, you know he actually is in a knitting circle. It's Ziggy World. I don't, I, he and 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 a, and a bunch of like eighty year old women get I, together every Sunday. I afternoon actually could see that. Knit. I could see that. Yes, and they and they talk politics. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful thing it's to beautiful, to behold. But 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 we're not that. And and uh, so you know how we figure out. What should we? What we should do? Well, first of all, let me just ask you a simple question: How do you how do you right the wrongs that are going on in the government? Mm. Well, obviously, staying informed uh, is one really important yeah, thing. Makes and sense. So take, be aware. Yeah. Taking, in, I would say, pray about what you're taking in. Right. You know, so invite God into the discernment. Yes, and 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 I would also say looking at multiple sources uh, and be discerning about. The sources that you're you're looking at, and and especially if if you're seeing, uh, you know, opinions, you know, more so than news, then you know, right. really not to get to, drawn into the the big, not to become part of the problem, right? You know, get into the the that the mess, um, and the thing that <clears throat> the next thing that you would probably say, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. is, and and then to act, yes, to, to vote, to participate, and that's that's something that I I I, I can't believe there are people. <clears throat> excuse me, the people that still don't participate in that way, right? Because here's the thing. We have a, very, a, a unique form of government in the United States of America in, in the fact that we it's a representative form of government. And it actually, it's, you know, of the people, by the people, for the people. And it's like we, we are supposed to be the government. We are supposed to. And so our vote really makes a big, huge difference. And also, run for office. Like, if you, if you, not everybody in our audience is going to be in a position to do that. But if there's somebody here in the audience who's like, gosh, I really don't see God represented in the public square in the way that I'd like him to be. And uh, I, I really think that I could make a difference, but I just don't know where to start. You know what? Maybe God's calling you into that because. You know, sometimes you can have a vocation to uh, service in that kind of yeah, way. Yeah, public service can be a vocation. I, 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 I hope that I can see more, more folks that are involved in politics. You know, politicians falling into that category than what seem to be there now. So I, wanna, <laughs> I don't want to judge what's going on now so much as uh, just hope and pray that we'll have more people who who see that as a vocation and understand that this is a it's a it's, a, it's actually a there's potentiality for something quite beautiful to happen 
Yeah. Right. There is a such thing as a good government. Yeah. Right. And, and and so I hope and pray that happens. But all of it comes back down to this Caesar and God thing. Caesar versus God. And and who is your God? And and, and what are what are you doing? And how we discern and figure out like what is what belongs to Caesar, what belongs to God. And you said at the beginning of the show, Sam, and, and rightly so, you talked about not giving your heart over to the 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 human king uh, the government the political party the whatever it is the money whatever that you don't give your heart over to that yes that, that belongs to god and there's a um uh, you'd also pointed out at another time you were pointing out uh, a beautiful prayer that jesus offers right before his his uh, crucifixion right and so it's the prayer of Jesus, and it takes place. It's a very long, priestly, beautiful prayer that takes place uh, in uh, uh, chapter 17 of John. I'm going to read some of it because it really helps us discern for ourselves who we are and whose we are. So um, let's see. Jesus says, starting at verse 9, I pray for them. That's us. I do not pray for the world, but for the ones you have given me because they are yours. That's us. <laughs> And everything of mine is yours, and everything of yours is mine, and I've been glorified in them. And now I will no longer be in the world, but they are in the world while I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one just as we are. When I was with them, I protected them in your name that you gave me, and I guarded them, and none of them was lost except the son of destruction in order that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you. I speak this in the world so that they may share my joy completely. I gave them your word, and the world hated them, because they do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. So, and then it goes on, uh, these powerful words, consecrate them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I sent them into the world. And I consecrate myself for them so that they may also be consecrated in truth. So this is some powerful stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it, I mean... Boil it down to one little phrase, Sam. Well, I know you can. Well, being in the world but not of the world. <clears throat> That's right. Exactly. People assume that there's like just a simple scripture that says that because mm-hmm. it's such a common phrase, but it's actually it's 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 drawing from that prayer of of Jesus. There, um, it's 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 more it's an adage you could say a Christian adage that's scripturally based as opposed to being an actual line of. A simple line of scripture. That's right. So this is essentially saying what we were saying at the beginning, that yes. your your heart, your soul, your mind, your being, your identity, your dignity that was given to you as a gift, it does not belong to the world, right? But it is in the world. Yeah. And so here's Jesus saying to the Father, I'm in you, you are in me, we're in each other, we are one, but then I'm with them, they are in me. So which means now we are also in the Father, and yes. we're all in this together, and we're consecrated in the truth. And so we have a home in God. We belong to God. And so essentially everything of, of who we are, what gives us any value at all, everything that makes us valuable is God's. Mm-hmm. Well, I think also you can link this to what when Pontius Pilate is questioning Jesus, 
um, Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. You know, and and you know, if the, if my kingdom were of this world, then my you know uh, the, my people would be fighting to you know protect my kingdom. My kingdom is not of this world. And I think we are a kingdom people. Like yes, we live in whatever government, earthly government we live in, but we're a kingdom people. The kingdom of God is upon us and has been upon us since yeah. th- by and mm-hmm. through the reign of Jesus, who is also supposed to be reigning over our hearts, mm-hmm. and He's supposed to be reigning over. Uh, how we think, including think politically, and how we act, including how we act politically, that we can't separate those two things. That it must be a fruit of of, of our participation in that kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's right. So we we in, in, you know in a nutshell, what makes us valuable is belongs to God, right? Mm-hmm. And so the things that we do that speak to that part of who we are. So the good works that we do, what the, what you had said earlier, the duties, the things we're called to do, yeah. Whether it's uh, you know pay if you pay taxes, if you're a kid raking the yard, you know when your parents ask you to do. If you're if you're an adult, you know the work that you do. Um, now and then at the same time, all of those things should be done in accordance with God's law. So you don't want to uh, if you're if you're if you've chosen the vocation of being a thief. Right. That's not a good thing. And so what you're doing is now in that situation, um, you're not rendering to Caesar or to, to, to God. I mean, now you're living in, I guess, in evil or you're living a lie. Um, but so we have to, we still have to live accordingly. And when it comes to taking care of the things of the world, of the, of the people, it's like, you know, uh, the, the, the false gods, uh, you know, don't engage with them. D- don't necessarily support them, but if it's theirs, let them have it. Yeah, I, 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 I know this is kind of a weird analogy, but like you know, if somebody comes and holds me up, I'm going to give them everything I have. Yeah, I don't, I don't. It's theirs. It's what they want. Yeah, they, if they want my money, if they my wallet, you know, my credit cards, if they want my car, please carjack me. I don't. I have a terrible car. <laughs> I could use the insurance money, Tom. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. See, see before this, all I was gonna, all I'd been giving to Caesar was you know croutons, Parmesan cheese. Yes, oh, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Very nice. Very nice. Um, but the, but the point is, it's like so that's just stuff. What's not just stuff, and what's important, what Jesus is focusing on, helping us to see, is that we are beautiful, that God created us in his image and like us. He loves us and he wants us and we give ourselves in our whole being to him. Mm-hmm. And we ask our blessed mother to intercede on our behalf. Yes. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, mother, mother of God, God, pray for us sinners now and in the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.